certainly I would hope that three months from now you're not what you are now because I think the evolution of it is what's really great. Hey everyone and welcome to this week's episode where we continue to shine a light on our commonalities through music in an effort to use that wisdom to be better to one another. Welcome to the best of what's around. Welcome to DMB On Demand, the podcast. So we have some news to discuss before we jump into the interview. First things first, DMB in the news. Jambase just posted an article with Dave where he talks about their return to Sirius XM radio and also talks about how his children influences songwriting. It's a pretty good read. If you go to DMB On Demand slash podcast and look at the show notes for this episode, I'll include a link to that article so you can watch it or read it whenever you have the time. So there's still no official word on the 2020 tour. We're keeping our fingers crossed but are also keeping our expectations low and our focus should be on the safety of us all. That has to be the goal. Today, tomorrow, and the day after that. So fingers crossed that we get the tour, but also fingers crossed that we get it because it's safe to be there. A bit of news regarding the online shop. We're moving our entire shop over to Etsy to help further reduce prices to help your pocketbook and allow us to do some giveaways, promos, and gives us a bump in visibility through using Etsy's well-built platform. DMBOnDemand.com will still host the podcast, general information, posters, freebies, and all the other items you're used to seeing in there. It's just that all links for shopping of any nature will now direct you over to our official Etsy page. News for the podcast, we are now live with Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. We are super proud to now be on all major platforms. It was one of the goals going into this. We're working on getting all the small platforms hooked up now so that we can say download or listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts and that will be authentic. But for now, we've hit the, the benchmark of the big three and we're pretty proud of that. Finally, I want to take a moment to address some things that's been going on behind the scenes. Let me first state that we have nothing but good intentions in anything we do through DMB On Demand. Our growth comes from the collective voice of the DMB family. And more importantly, what we do is for the DMB family. It is of and for. With that said, There's enough room in this atmosphere to have a variety of shows, content, shops, whatever the case may be. The DMB family is massive, and one person might do one thing really well, but another person does something else really well. They can both do their respective things that they're good at and still have room to breathe. There's no monopoly on any of this stuff. It's just a whole bunch of people trying to get back some love based around the community that has helped us get to where we are. So should you ever have questions or concerns, 
I'm always right here, and I go out of my way to be approachable. So don't hesitate to reach out. I would rather have a discussion than have anything build up in people's minds and then become something more than it is. Communication is always the key, and you know, that's what this podcast is all about, is communication and exploration and being better to one, one another. So please, if there's any concerns or questions, reach out directly to us. Okay, so our guest this week is Angela, and she is another member of Dave's Global PR team. Um, We've interviewed now Haley and Michelle, and Angela will be our third of this group to come on the podcast. Uh, Just like with the other two, you know, some people come into your life and they're they're light as a feather. They, They make everything better. And... All of the ladies that I talked to from this group, that can be said, it's in spades. It's just the way it is. Just amazingly nice, um, very, very helpful and supportive, and just amazing people all around. And and, uh, this is no different, right there with them. Um, So I'm really excited for our guest today. Uh, We're gonna jump right into it and not do too much preamble. Thank you for coming on to the podcast and and sharing your story and how the music has impacted your life over the years. If you could, just start with the basics, like your name, your location, and your profession. Sure, the thing. Uh, my name is Angela, and I live on Vancouver Island, which is in British Columbia, Canada. Um, I work in healthcare, which is an exciting time right now. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, extra hobbies right now because I'm, you know, working my butt off, basically. Um, Other than music. Music is always my hobby. So it must be, if you're in healthcare, that must be a pretty interesting time with uh, COVID going around right now. What's what's one thing you'd want to tell everybody uh, that they, they need to hear about? how they should be behaving and washing their hands. Do you have any tips for people? Basically stay home. Wash your hands, of course. Don't touch your face, of course. But stay home and consider everybody else that is staying home to help you. And you can stay home to help everybody else. Absolutely. Yeah, my my wife is a nurse and, and we went to the store today to grab some essentials and as we were walking down the aisle, she just reached out and smacked my hand. I said, what's going on? What did I do? She said, you touched your face and, <laughs> and let me hear it. She's, she's also pretty adamant about don't touch your face. And it's really weird. She said, just be mindful of it and 
and don't touch your face, but observe how many times that you want to touch it. Oh man, I, I couldn't believe it. Like it's almost constant. You're touching your face for an itch or for whatever reason. Uh, so you have to be really aware to not touch. It's difficult. It's uh, very hard. You don't realize how often you do it. It's such a habit. It's just ingrained in us. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was amazing to me how many times I had to resist and say, you know, no, no itch, no scratch, anything like that. Um, it was crazy. So, yeah, lots of respect, by the way. In healthcare, in these times, the frontline workers, uh, man, just thank you is all I can say. And that goes to other essential workers, too. You know, it's weird. The people who are essential right now are the ones who are kind of looked over for the longest time, whether it be the front lines in healthcare or the grocers, uh, the people working at the grocery stores. Yeah. We need these people, and it's amazing. And I really hope that after this is all said and done, that we don't go back to overlooking certain groups of people again, like we have for, and we took them for granted. And I hope when we get back to normal, that that, that doesn't go back to normal. Hopefully. Hopefully. I've heard lots of stories about people taking their frustrations out on especially grocery store clerks, gas station clerks, things like that. that you don't normally, I think people don't normally even see them. You know, they're doing their daily thing and they're not really paying attention to that this is a person. Um, and they they are getting all frustrated with whatever's going on and that's who they interact with and they let it loose on them and I feel really bad for them. Everybody's just doing what they can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we all need to have a little bit more patience in these times, I think, and and to see people. You know, that's one of the things that I, it's one of my go-to lines for people. It's real simple. It's, I see you. And I tell people that when in the moment I really do see them, you know, in front of me. And I think we need to see people just a little bit more. And like you said, grocery store workers are a good example. We we for the longest time just didn't see them and now we should and, and i think it's like you said it's important to see these people and Definitely. be patient yep. with them for a little sure. bit yeah all right so let's dig in a little bit to uh, the music which is one of the primary reasons we're doing this is to explore how the music has impacted other people and hopefully we find out that there's some commonality there and even in our darkest times we're not really alone um, because the music touches us all the same way so the first question is usually the hardest for people it's not hard as in it it scratches the surface or tries to go deep it's hard in that you have to narrow something down and when I ask the questions to the interview if you have more than one selection for a question or an answer feel free to explore multiple titles. It's, it's completely up to you. But the first question, typically the hardest is, what's your favorite DMB song? And why is that one your favorite song? Well, yeah, I can't pick just one. <laughs> um, kind of narrowed it down to two. Rapunzel, clearly with my Twitter handle and stuff that I do that has that attached to it. It's it's really kind of my original favorite. Um, it's just classic. It tells a, a classic story of love through the idea of a, of a classic fairy tale with a little bit of a twist in it. 
Um, and musically, it's it's catchy and it's it's a great tune. Um, that was my first favorite, really. And um, along the way, I've kind of become Drunken Soldier's biggest fan. <laughs> Everything seems to be about that for me right now. Has been for the past couple of years, I think. Um, it's just it's a little bit more fleshed out than Rapunzel. Um, it's longer. It's more musically. Uh, uh, the concept of it is more musically uh, intense, shall we say? Um, and again, it's got a great message. It's kind of in the same vein as like a fairy tale idea, is that it's about a story to it. It's not just you know the cl classic "I love you, let's do this" or, or you know, it's got it's got an idea behind it that really appeals to me. And um, yeah, I, I have a background in, in music, and um, both of those songs really pull at my heartstrings because of their their compositional nature and the songwriting of them. And those are my two favorites. I definitely understand what you mean about how a song is composed and, and having it paint portraits in your mind. And um, the song that made me a, a big fan was Warehouse. And that's another one that I think, like Drunken Soldier, it paints this vast, sweeping landscape of a story. And you can visualize it so well. It's so easy to get lost into those songs that have a, a deeper story behind them. And yeah, definitely. I think those are great great selections um so by the way um angela's twitter is fingertips and kissing and if you go to the podcast show notes for this episode we'll have a link to her social media profile so you can get in touch with her and, and have a chat uh, so along the same vein um, and i have a feeling this one's going to be uh, near and dear to your heart because if you like stories in your songs, then lyricism has to be pretty damned important to you. So Definitely. what is your favorite <laughs> lyric and why is it, and it could be a couple, um, but why is that or, or they your favorite? It's another hard question. There's so many great lyrics. Dave is an excellent songwriter, just lyrically. Like if you took the music away and he was just a poet, um, it would be just as, as awesome, I think. He just has a way of really expressing common feelings in a in a way that's not it's not overly flowery it's not overly complicated it really is something that um, people feel you know it touches their hearts but they also can have their own interpretation to it they it, he leaves a lot of room in all of these explanations that he's making into these songs and um, my favorite lyric <laughs> um, I really like the uh, I do my best for you within Rapunzel. It kind of sums up the concept of, you know, nothing has to be perfect. You just have to do your best. And that when somebody's doing that best for you, they're really giving themselves to you. Um, and, uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's just so many to choose from. I would say that that's probably um, my favorite. Um, I talked about um, in my questionnaire the uh, the repeating tropes, as it were, or the, or the lyrical themes that Dave uses. And one of those is this "turn me inside out" or "turn you inside out," and it's it's really like an essence of an expression to how someone affects you and how you want to affect them. 
um, of course, romantically, but you could interpret it any way you like. <laughs> and um, I think my favorite lyrics are really those ones where it's a very simple expression, but it's a very deep meaning. Yeah, obviously the expression of love is one of the key elements to it, I think, to his songwriting. And, you know, that makes me thinking about how love is interpreted in these songs and put out there. It reminds me of something that Michelle said on an earlier episode. She said that to her, people that love DMV or the music are people who just love. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I couldn't phrase how I feel about the DMB family and and what I love about it more than that. It's so simple, but she's absolutely right. These things of love, we gravitate towards them because we're people of love. And it just says a whole bunch about our character uh, collectively and individually. I would definitely agree with that for sure. Absolutely. So how long have you been a fan of the band and was there a, a keynote moment in your life where you heard a certain song or you were at a show that, that kind of solidified your fandom, so to speak? Oh, it's been ages and ages. I, I kind of pinpoint 1997, sort of. Um, I finished college in 1994 and in my in-between years of college to full adulthood, I guess. Um, there was a lot of music that was affecting me. Before that, I didn't I didn't listen to a lot of pop music. I was a jazz major, and so my listening was really focused on that kind of style of music, which carries over into DMB big time. Um, but I didn't listen to a lot of pop music, so when I was finished with college and I was all of a sudden exposed listening to more like what you call top 40 pop music, um, and just hearing all of those... It, at the time, um, I think their first album had been out for a couple of years by then, but it was still getting radio play. And that just piqued my interest, and I just started listening. And it was included with a whole bunch of other stuff that I was starting to expose myself to, and just stuck with me. All right. Um, so we have, I, I like to think of it in layers when it comes to a DMB community or the DMB family. We have the outside layer which is just countless number of people who like the music and then we have you know our DMB family as a whole the people that you see at shows every time you go and um, then you get into a little bit more of uh, a real sense of family and community and you have a, a core group of you know a handful of people that you know through the band and that you have the shared um, experiences and interpretations with how is it that you came to be a part of the DMB family? And if you could speak on what being a part of that family means to you. Well, over the past three or four years, I guess, um, just not for any specific reason, but DMB has kind of floated up into the surface of, of more of what I listen to on a constant basis rather than kind of you know, here and there, or when you feel like it, it became a real primary source of my musical interest. Um, and I, I've always been on Facebook for a long, long time, and I, I just found that the, the fans that I was trying to connect with on Facebook weren't, it wasn't as easy 
you know, I was, I was struggling with finding people that I felt like I could connect with. And uh, so I, I'd had a Twitter and I decided, well, let's, let's try that. <laughs> so that's what I did. And I created a Twitter account based around uh, DMB and it kind of took off in a hurry. Um, it was fun to do some interesting kind of fan interaction, team building, if you will, kind of projects and um, just found people that way started to, you know, talk more individually with people rather than people as a group and uh, kind of found my, found my people as it were. Yeah. So I've mentioned uh, a few times over the episodes, this uh, Dave's global PR team, and I haven't really sat with any of the members of it, I guess you could say, and, and asked them you know, what that is. Would you mind doing that and, and speaking out that, about this bond that you have with these amazing, amazing women and uh, speak to that a little? Well, that started a bit as a joke <laughs> because, you know, we're all fans of the music and we all love the whole band and, and the experience and, and everything about it. But we can't help it, we're women. <laughs> we appreciate Dave's attribute, shall we say. And so it kind of started as a joke of, you know, being the, the group of women that were kind of focusing on that a little bit in our public interactions with the rest of the DMV family. And it just became this magnet that brought the group of us together. And, it, and from there, it was like kind of everybody had their little thing um, where they would appreciate in their own way, but in the larger sense of the group. Um, and it just took us to, you know, we we associated ourselves with that and we appreciated that about each other. And it gave us a reason to, to be, you know, on a deeper connection, really, than, you know, just the kind of average interaction, a group, kind of everybody likes the same thing kind of stuff. So, yeah, it started as a joke. And now it's a bunch of friendships. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, each each and every one of you women in this group are just amazing people. And, you know, Haley, she sticks out from everybody I talk to. She's, frankly, behind the scenes of this podcast, a good portion of it um, is, is done either by or because of Haley. And uh, through Haley, I met you and, and Michelle and Jack and and everybody else and I don't know my life is just better for having <laughs> met that's all really of you. our goal you know we may be Dave's global PRD but really we're just we're just out there having fun and, and trying to make things good for people interactions good good energies and love generally absolutely so kind of going back a little bit to your comment about Facebook and, and not finding the the interactions to to satiate you know a thirst I, I completely agree with you even as a as the DMB on demand brand we've been around on Facebook for quite some time and we have a really active group but nothing compares to the interaction that that I found on Twitter. I don't know if it's because it's instant and you're in the moment or 
or what it is, but it's not even a comparison when you look at Facebook versus Twitter when I'm engaging with um, things in the DMV community. And, you know, so along those lines and speaking of the brand, we're not quite sure what this thing is going to end up becoming DMV on demand. It's been around for years. It was a couple websites. It was a big Facebook group. It was sharing the media. And then it was a song of the day. And then started thinking about the shop for the designs. And then we started thinking about the podcast and Haley and a few others put that into high gear. So we're kind of, we're not sure if we will be in three months what we are today. So we're kind of turning the tables and asking the people that come on here what they think DMB on demand is and maybe what they would like to see it flourish into. Just sort of taking the opinions of our guests and, and applying them to real life. So that way we're living up to the on demand part of our name. On demand, if you're not serving the people that are close to you or the general community, then your name is a lie. So with that being said, um, can you tell me what the Beyond Demand is to you and what you'd like to see it become? Yeah. Um, certainly, I would hope that three months from now, you're not what you are now, because I think the evolution of it is what's really great. When you can find different ways to serve that uh, audience, if you will, or group of people, community. Um, you know, people's needs change. If you can change with it, I think that's great. What you are now, um, in terms of, you know, you talked about the website and, and sharing audio files and things like that. Those kind of resources are great. Everybody's got their stuff, but nobody has anything complete. And people really like to look for a gem. Right? They can find a song they haven't heard or, or a recording that they haven't heard of their favorite song or images or video or anything like that. To be able to get that in one place or at least to look for it in one place is really valuable. Also bringing people together so you're appealing to, you know, with your song of the day, everybody's got a favorite song or few. Um, and that can kind of start conversation and I really like the, the ability, especially on Twitter, to be able to start those conversations with little bits of things. You know, you're not giving great amounts of detail and you're allowing the space for people to kind of fill that in with their own experiences. The um, merch, if you want to call it that, the, the I would call it more like custom fan art, um, is excellent. It's, uh, it's so much fun, even if it's not necessarily everybody's interpretation of you know how something is represented you give so many people so many choices <laughs> and I think that's great there's something for everybody um, and I should say that this whole concept of unofficial merch as it were is it's just beyond like really you're creating fan art you're putting it out there for people to appreciate, to adopt as their own, and all you're asking for in return is, you know, the the amount of your time and effort that's given. I don't think it qualifies as merch per se. Um, and the fact that you, you know, have put out so much, you have so much interesting stuff, 
gives everybody a choice, and I think that's awesome. And like I said, I, I, I wouldn't want you to just stop, you know, stop evolving. Just do this or just do that. Um, maybe in six months' time, you don't want to do Song of the Day anymore. Maybe you try something else to do. Maybe you don't want to do a podcast. Maybe you start wanting to do YouTube videos. Who knows? You know, the, the world's your oyster, as it were. And I think that anybody that is interested in a real fan community that is supportive and encouraging in expression um, is going to just evolve with you. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, speaking of the fan art, that's something that I would do even if I didn't have the website. It's it's fun for me to come up with these interpretations and, and ideas that reflect how I see the song. And like you said, everybody's interpretation is different. So I try to have a little bit out there for everybody. Um, and I think we, we do well in accomplishing that. And um, like I said, it would, I would do it just for fun. And, you know, with the shop, again, like you said, it, it, it covers the time that's put into it, but that's about it. And I wouldn't want it any other way because this is not something that I, I want to do for work, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I want it. Yeah, I want it to stay something that comes straight from the heart. And the moment that it starts to feel like work, that's the moment we're going to pivot. Um, I don't I don't ever want to get in, into that mode. Um, all right, so right now everybody's kind of going through their own trials and tribulations across the globe. And everybody could stand to hear some good news. And in that vein of thought, if you could pick one song that everybody on the globe had to sit down and listen to just once, what would that song be? And what's the message that you hope that people would draw from that specific song? Well, I got a champion for my drunken soldier again. <laughs> um, I think it's an excellent representation of, of a song that everybody could benefit from. It has a positive message. You know, it tells you to keep your head up, keep going, keep doing what you want to do, keep doing what you need to do, but at the same time, try to listen to your heart so that you know that what you're doing is either good or, you know, it's, it's doing what you need to have from it, that you're doing it so that you can also have the fulfillment and to be kind. It's very simple. I like that message that's easy to, easy to digest and um, applies to everybody. Musically, it's an awesome song, like I said before. Um, I think it's, I get a lot of catharsis when I'm listening to it. it. It's a great stress reliever for me. It helps me calm down, helps me cheer up, gives me energy when I'm feeling kind of slow. And I think that that's probably easily contagious with everybody else. You know, one thing about Drunken Soldier that I, I just realized sitting here listening to you uh, speak about it is it's one song that when those horns come on in the beginning, it, it's almost like a, a cold glass of water to the face. It, <laughs> it makes you sit up and, and listen, your ears perk a little bit. And having those horns that do that, 
allows for the message to come across loud and clear. Very much, yes. Yeah, I think that is a great song to to choose for that that question. I I think everybody could stand to listen to it once and and really soak in the message, um, especially with self love, self acceptance, and trying to stay true to yourself. It's just a beautiful sentiment. Um, so we all have highs and lows in our life, and most fans of DMV, the music has been their soundtrack, so to speak. And I was wondering if, if you had a time in your life, a, a, a good time, one of the high note days that you've had where either the music impacted in the moment or now when you look back at that event, there's a song that gives it some context. Well, I really thought about that when the question was first posed. And I, I, I don't, it, maybe it's just my personality, but I don't really isolate moments in my life. Like I could say, you know, um, when I met my soulmate or when I had my child or when I got my favorite job or something like that. But to me, they kind of level out over time and they're kind of like just a wave of, of what's going on throughout my entire life. DMB's been involved in a lot of that because I've been listening to them for so long. But specifically what I could come up with was way back 20 plus years ago when my partner and I were first together or getting together, we were very long distance. He lived in the States, I lived in Canada, he lived in the East Coast, I lived on the West Coast. And it was quite difficult back then. Um, we emailed and chatted online in a limited capacity because it's just not the same as it is now. But we would send letters back and forth. We would write long letters to each other and use mix CDs or mixtapes um, back in the day. And there was always a Dave Matthews song on one of those CDs. And with a lot of other artists too, but it really stands out to me because I'm still listening to DMB and some of those artists I'm not really you know, listening to as much anymore. One of the songs that was a big one for us was um, Angel. <laughs> it's a romantic suite, you know, to me anyways, it's, it, the connotation is romantic and sweet. Um, yeah. And my name is Angela, so it kind of fits. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's like probably the biggest particular association that I can come up with at a particular point in time in my life in a particularly good sense. I still have um, mixed CDs that I made, you know, way back when, and, and some of them have a DMB song sprinkled in here and there, and some of them are just nothing but DMB. Yeah. And every now and then I'll, I'll get them out and, and throw them on the player and, and listen to them. And it's, it's, there's a lot of nostalgia there with my mixed CDs now looking back and uh, you can kind of remember I'm kind of like you. There's, I don't have huge pinnacle moments that that I feel like define my life. Everything kind of levels out exactly how you said. So I don't necessarily remember specific events tied to those mixed CDs. I just remember my general sense of, of how life was going. And maybe it was a little rougher or maybe it was a little better, depending on what year it was. But uh, I completely understand when you say that things level out and it becomes more of a 
a gentle pull, I guess, is the best way I could uh, phrase it. Um, and it's interesting. When you do go back and listen to those, even though you're listening to the same songs now, because we're all listening to their whole library, you hear them in a different sense, through different ears, right? You put them together in a different way, and even if it's just one song and then another song, the two songs connected, how you hear them from one into the other makes a big, like, it's just tied to so many emotions, so many memories, whether good or bad, right? It's quite interesting how, you know, the music holds, we still love it today, but it means so much at that point in time. There's times where I listen to songs, even until this day, that I hear something that I hadn't heard before, and that's just life giving us perspective on the music. You're absolutely right that your interpretation, it, it changes over time, and, and it's one song that meant one thing can mean something totally different a few years from that point. And I absolutely agree there. So. If we could, I'd like to uh, flip the spectrum and because there's a lot of people that, that deal with some pretty serious issues in their life and they're fans of the band and the music has helped them, but it's interesting to hear people's individual stories relating to the music. So is there a particular moment in your life on the other end of the spectrum that maybe was difficult to get through that a song either in the moment you know applied to that situation or when looking back it gives that situation some context or clarity again there's not really specifics that i can pinpoint i mean throughout my adult life and as i've been listening to dmb i've been pretty fortunate to missed a lot of the, you know, tragic moments in life and, and major things like that. Pretty even keel. But yeah, you you definitely have ones that, songs that are, um, you know, more reminders of certain times or just like flavors of a certain time. Um, DMB, they help me daily. Um, if I don't have a, an actual moment that I can pinpoint, I can pinpoint every day that I benefit from listening to them or hearing them. I may not, it may not be something that I'm choosing to put on, like a particular song because I feel a particular way. It could just be, you know, something in a playlist or something in the background. But every time I hear it, if I'm in a place where I need focus or energy or stress relief or encouragement or support, anything like that, um, it comes through, regardless of whether I'm actively looking for it or not. Um, right now, with what we've got going on with whether we're going to have concerts in the future, near future, I won't say future entirely, sometime in the, in the foreseeable future, um, my whole concert plan for the next few months was all about DMB, probably like you know a lot of other people's. And, we're all kind of starting to grapple with that impending disappointment. And it's a grieving process, definitely. Um, so I kind of see that as, as kind of a, one of those like negative dips in time. But I can still go through any song that I need to and cheer myself up or, or make myself feel better knowing 
that they'll be there in the future. And not only that, but, you know, we're already seeing it. This band goes above and beyond what's expected. And I guarantee you that if they have to cancel part of the tour, that they're going to cook up something special to give to those fans, whether it be a concert at a future date, whether it be putting together some sort of caravan thing again, or, or whether it's streaming straight online for us like we've seen Dave doing recently, they're, they're going to step up and, and deliver something because it's one of the few bands that, that genuinely care about the community that surrounds them. So Yeah, definitely. And I think that to this point, you know, why we haven't heard anything about reschedules or cancellations or anything is I think they, they're they really wanting to hold on to it and, and just, you know, not have to give in if they don't have to. Absolutely. Um, well, speaking of the band and how much they give to the community, um, interesting question that I like to ask everybody that comes on the show is, if you were able to sit in a room with a couple couches and the band was there and you had their ear, what is it you'd want to tell them? <laughs> um, if I could get words out of my mouth at the time, <laughs> that'd be the first obstacle. Um, I would just like to thank them for the general love, the the encouragement that they give to people, the support that they give to people, and, and all of their various chosen causes and charities and and the things that they bring awareness to as well um but just just being there just giving what they give and and allowing it to better our lives i think that perfectly sums it up um so the final question i have for you uh DMB's music spans the whole spectrum. I, death and life and love and lust and loss, it just goes all over the board. It's beautiful, it's fractured, but perfect. I, it's, it's amazing. And I always like to see other people's interpretation of the music as a whole. So what overall message do you think the music is trying to relay to the people who listen to it? I think that the general theme message is love. Not always romantic, not always lustful, not always pure, but it's love. And I think that that's a bigger part of the human experience. Um, because obviously not all their songs are love songs either. But love in terms of tolerance, in terms of uh, acceptance, in terms of celebration, in terms of appreciation, I think all of those things boil down to love. And I think that's their main theme for sure. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, so now's your chance to promote anything that you would like to promote. Whatever you think the world needs to hear more about. It could be charities, organizations, events, people, social media handles, whatever it is, uh, you have the floor to speak on wherever you choose to. 
Well, I'm going to plug Dave's global PR team again. <laughs> so Haley and Michelle and Leah and Jack and Lindsay and me, um, you know, we're always trying to make people smile, really. Uh, they are amazing women, like you said. Um, everybody is super funny, super smart, super hilarious, super supportive. Anytime any of us have any kind of glitch in the universe, they're all there to just as a soundboard, advice if you need it, personal experience, relationship, anything. Um, and I really appreciate them, and I think everybody else should appreciate them too. <laughs> I know you do. Um, also, you and your whole DMB On Demand universe, I think you do a great service for the DMB family. Um, I think that so much of what you do, even though it's personal expression on your part, like I said before, you leave a lot of room for people to fill in the blanks, have their say, feel it the way they feel it, and, and feel a kinship with that. And it brings people together. I like any kind of fan situation, group situation, where people feel like they can rally around something and feel supported by it the same time as as feeling just enjoying it you know um, I wanted to talk a little bit about music education um, I um, spent my entire schooling life childhood young adulthood at university and beyond um, in the music education world um, it's very important I think it, it, all of the arts education shall we say um, they don't get as much love as they used to. Um, I went through an excellent program in my public education career uh, that really, really encouraged arts education. Unfortunately, we don't have the budgets for that kind of thing anymore. Um, or perhaps the, the drive towards it. Um, but there is a, an organization called Spread Music Now which uh, funds high-quality music education in the classroom and outside of the classroom um, at all levels of music education. It provides instruments to schools that can't afford to have their own. It provides tuitions for students that can't afford workshops or private lessons. Um, it works with all, all around the world and with all levels of, of musicianship, community-mindedness, um, and I think they're a great they're a great organization and a great mission. And their website is um, www.spreadmusicnow.org if you want to learn more or donate. And they've also got a Facebook group. I don't think they're on Twitter. I looked for them and I couldn't find them on Twitter. But uh, their their website's very informative. <laughs> and that's a, um, a cause that's very near and dear to my heart. Oh, and I should also plus. Oh, I think about ahead, it. <laughs> um, the swoon of the day which is my contribution to Dave's yeah. Global PR team. And it's just a daily celebration of the wonderful, quirky, crazy, sexy loveliness that is Dave and, and his band of merry men. <laughs> Folks, for um, any listeners out there that want to learn more, um, or get in contact with the people that, that we've both been sort of plugging through Dave's PR team. If you go to the show notes for this episode, um, we'll have 
Angela to write out some notes and some links so you can get access to all those. And I'm also going to do something new. Uh, we're still growing this whole format. And right now, after somebody comes on for an episode, I send them a survey that kind of asks how we're doing, what we could do better. Uh, and one thing I'm going to start with Angela is have people link one YouTube video that they want others to have quick access to and include that in their show notes. So if you go to dmbeyonddemand.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast at and you look at the show notes, you'll find links to all of this information and to these people. So that, uh, Angela, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great sitting and talking to you. And one thing I wanted to uh, touch on was we've been mulling over this idea of having people back for a second time as we go along uh, just to kind of explore a little bit more their story and their perspective one thing i'd like to do with you in particular i think is one day in the future schedule out an hour or so and let's get together and let's break down the lyrics to drunken soldier and really get into what those lyrics mean to us personally and explore. I think that would be a, a, a fun episode to have. Absolutely. That sounds like a great time. I'm all for it. Great. So uh, I think what we're going to do is I'm going to go ahead and close out this episode with one of my favorite lyrics to Drunken Soldier. I'm a big fan of very simple, very short lyrics. For example, my favorite lyric in the whole catalog is simple. It's, I will bring water. It's out of 41, and it's just a simple message of serve your fellow human being. Bring them water. Bring them what they need. And in Drunken Soldier, there's another one that is very short, very simple, but it says everything I would like to say myself about love. And we'll close with the lyric. It says, be kind always, no matter. And I think that we could all do well by ourselves to live that consciously and to be kind to each other, no matter the circumstances. Have they wronged you? Yeah, no matter, be kind. Are they loving towards you? Yes, great. Be kind, no matter what, be kind to one another. And that's what we'll leave you with for this week's episode. So for the story this week, I want to sort of break down my favorite Dave Matthews Band song, and that's number 27. I've referenced it a few times in previous episodes, but haven't taken the time to really dig deep into it. So we're going to go lyric by lyric, and I'll share why exactly it's my favorite song. Um, And you'll be able to see how that song has impacted me during these moments and gives clarity to some of my worst and best moments when looking back. So, starting at the top, I've been high and I've been down, my head in the clouds, my hands in the ground. 
In the arms of a woman, I found my way home, and in the arms of a woman, I have been lost. Growing up having bipolar II disorder without being diagnosed, there was a lot of acting out. There was a lot of drug use. There was a lot of spiraling out of control and losing family and friends and getting my life reduced down to what I could carry in a backpack. But um, as I started to grow out of that hell, now um, I enrolled in college and, and had a good job. I was waiting to get on the bus one day, it was winter and real heavy wet snow splashes up on the sidewalk. They don't mean to, but it happens. So I'm, I'm soaked. And I thought I had heard every DMB song there was to hear. I put in, I forget what album it was off of. I want to say maybe Piedmont, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, this, this came on through my headphones and all of a sudden, I didn't care about the snow or the slush or the cold or going to class. I just started crying. This was the first time that I felt it was okay to be me. And again, this is before I'm diagnosed. So this song's coming at me and, and saying, hey, it's all right to be high and low, head in the clouds, hands in the ground. It's okay, as long as you know your way home. And in this case with the song, the way home was the arms of a woman. Later, I would be fortunate enough to marry my best friend. And at that point, this song came full circle because she is my home. But at the time, I didn't have a way home, so to speak. So this song gave me quite a bit of comfort. When I'm so lost that this losing feels like dying, I hope you'd be by me then. When I'm so lost that this losing feels like dying, I hope you'll be by me then. And now, years later, I mean, I can sing that to my wife and have it mean my whole world. She is the type of person who will be there when I feel like dying. When I'm so lost that I feel like dying, I know she'll be there without question. As a young man, I was afraid of my life, what would I make? I will make love, what will I hate? What bittersweet road will I choose to the grave? I don't think this line is needing too much context. If you've listened to any of my stories in previous episodes, you'll know that, uh, well, as the lyric says, as a young man, I was afraid. And there was certainly a lot of fear in my life in my teens especially, and somewhat in my 20s. I had no idea what I was gonna do with my life at that point. You know, I'm still years away from being diagnosed in this situation, and I'm just trying to hold each day together the best that I can. And at the time, just like the lyric said, it was a bittersweet road that I was on, uh, headed towards my grave. Luckily, since then, that road has has changed, but uh, at the time, it was definitely bittersweet. So they touch back again, 
If I'm old till this oldness feels like dying, I hope you'll be by me then. Then it goes into, I'm sick of you and I'm sick of me. I'm sick of war and I'm sick of peace. And this was the particular part that brought me an amazing amount of peace and joy in my heart. Because for the first time, I'm hearing somebody that I know through music uh, tell me it's, it's okay to be this conflicted. It's okay to hate war and hate peace. If you're sick of you and sick of me, it's, it's okay. As long as you know the road that you're on is going to your grave, whatever that may be, and you're good with that road, it's okay to be sick of sound like you're sick of silence or sick of darkness until you're sick of the light. When I'm so sick that the sickness has me dying, I hope you be by me then. And there again, you know, years later that the song just, through my life, looking back, it's easy to see that there is some prophecy in this song. I'm not a big, uh, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not religious uh, anymore, I'm not superstitious, but my life sort of panned out the way this song says it was going to happen and um, finding myself, finding the balance, finding the self-love and self-acceptance, finding the love of my life. Um, it just, it, it, what I hoped would happen back then, being the type of person who was spiraling out of control, what I hoped what would happen if you were to ask me right then and there, if you could be anywhere in five years, where would you be? My answer would have been somewhere safe, somewhere comfortable, and with somebody that I really love. And those are really hard to capture, a single one of them, let alone all three. But um, I'm very, very fortunate that life turned around, or you don't know, that I turned my life around. I'm gonna claim ownership of it. Really happy that I turned my life around to the point where these blessings were able to come into my life. Because if I wasn't putting in the work, when these blessings came, you know, especially my wife, she wouldn't have wanted to stick around or get deep into a relationship with somebody who is still spiraling out of control. So this song basically brought me peace. It let me know that it was okay to be myself. And then after that, the song just was kind of a prophecy for my life. You know, I I got the help that I needed and the inner conflict and the inner chatter, it stopped. And then I was able to choose what road I wanted to be on. And then I got the love of my life who walked into the room who will be with me when whatever's bothering me makes me feel like dying, she'll be by me then. Uh, so it kind of had a self-fulfilling prophecy, so to speak. I'm gonna hold off on the rest of the song. I think maybe I got about halfway through, but we'll save the other half for next week where I kind of wrap up exactly how this song played out in my life. So tune in next week after our interview for the conclusion of number 27. I hope you'll be by me then. And everybody stay safe and be kind always, no matter.